Many loyal Toyotomi Daimyo joined Ieyasu out of hatred for Ishida, as we already know. Ishida, however, seemed to not care, as one of his first moves of the Sugigahara campaign was to take hostages from Ieyasu supporters in the hopes of keeping them neutral or, in the unlikely case, have them join him. A sane and sound plan, unless something goes wrong. Mitsunari Ishida's first step was to take Osaka, which Ieyasu had left practically defenseless and which housed many families of the Eastern Daimyo. Osaka fell with ease and Teromoto was able to install himself in the castle. Ishida moved to take some key hostages. The first was Gracia Hosokawa, a Christian and the wife of Taraoki Hosokawa. She was the daughter of the vile Mitsuhiri Akechi and was estranged from her husband. She lived at the Hosokawa mansion in Osaka. Taraoki left Shosai Osgazawara, a samurai, to guard her. August 25th, 1600, Mitsunari and his men surrounded the mansion. However, before he could take Grasha hostage, she was a Christian who could not commit seppuku. So she ordered Shosai, in legend it is said, although in reality it was Taraoki who instructed him to kill her to avoid her capture if it came to that. He killed her and then he set fire to the mansion, committed seppuku as the house burned. Here, a daughter of Taraoki and Gracia also perished in the flame along with some servants. Taraoki seemed to not care about their deaths, however. But Yusai Hosokawa, or as he's better known, Fujitaka, his uh, father, the grandfather of the baby that died, was enraged at their death and he fortified his Tanabe castle in Tango province and prepared to fight to the death. Mitsunari did not know and never would, but this action would cost him dearly. Ishida sent 15,000 men, a huge force, to destroy Tanabe castle. But the respect for Yusai was so great that the soldiers and leaders of the siege would shoot blanks into the castle from their cannons and shoot arrows that had <laughs> so they would knock and draw their bow without an arrow and pretend to shoot because they did not want to actually harm him so they just sat for a long and uneventful siege either hoping that Ishida would win the campaign or that Yusai would surrender eventually Ishida then quickly turned to Fushimi Castle. August 27th, he uh, invested the castle with 40,000 men. Morotara Tori, however, would ensure that he ate enough time for Ieyasu to prepare and to hear about what was going on. Fushimi was a modern and impressive fortress that had been built by Hideyoshi. It had many autonomous bastions and strong walls. For 10 days, Ishida's men made no progress. At one point, Ishida had to ride to the front and chastise his men into action. September 8 came along and finally a fire spread through the castle and one of, and its bastions. It is said it was set by a traitor who was bribed by Matsaye Natsuka who had been one of the guardians of the castle. Masai kidnapped his family and threatened to crucify them. The traitors then pulled down a section of the wall from where Ishida's men stormed the castle. Hideaki Kobayakawa offered Mototara terms, clemency if he surrendered. Our Mototara decided to be like the legends of old and along with 200 men, which 
which is all that remained by this time, he continued the fight, and at one point only 10 remained. Ishida's men allowed Mototara to commit seppuku out of respect. Mototara might have saved Ieyasu and doomed Mitsunari by holding out for so long. Ishida after this would march to Ogaki Castle in Nino, just 8 miles from a little village called Sekigahara. Ieyasu countered by sending men to take Gifu as soon as he had heard that Fushimi was under siege. He also himself, however, had arrived and remained at Edo. He sent only his fresh allies to take Gifu, men of untested loyalty. He sent Taraoki Hosakawa, Masanori Fukushima, Yoshiaki Kato, Nagamasa Koroda, and Takatora Toro, which, were, which all had been Toyotomi uh, men. On the way, they were also they were to also secure Takehana, Kiyosu, Inoyama castles. They would be followed by Tarakatu Honda and Naomasa I and others. Kiyosu belonged to Masanori Fukushima and was under siege by a Toyotomi loyalist. However, his retainers held and the castle was saved. Gifu would be a harder nut to crack. Hidenobu Oda was determined to fight. He had a sense of indebtedness to Hideyoshi, even though Hideyoshi had stole Japan from him, he was the rightful heir to Nobunaga Oda. To defend Kifu Kaso, however, Hidenobu made a mistake. He spread out his men along most of his castles, instead of just concentrating all of his resources in defending Gifu. These castles each fell piecemeal and quickly Gifu stood alone. Hidenobu sent word to Ogaki Castle for aid, but it would never come. So Hidenobu resolved to fight to the death. However, the battle was lost and many of his retainers committed seppuku and in doing so, he was persuaded to surrender. He was exiled to Mount Koya where he died five years later. Back at Edo, while events were in motion, Ieyasu sent orders to Masamune Date, Yoshiaki Mogami, and Toshinaga Maeda to attack the Uesugi. Masamune Date had been saved by Ieyasu, if you remember, during the Hojo campaign, and now he wanted to repay the favor. Knowing that Uesugi would be busy, Ieyasu split his forces. He gave Hidetara 38,000 men and commanded him to make his way to Gifu through the Nakasendo Road, which cut through Shinano. The other 32,700 were under Ieyasu's um, command. He would make his way to Gifu via the Tokaido Road. They set out October 7th and reached Kiyosu on the 17th. October 19th, Ieyasu set out to join the lords already in Mino at the town of Akasaka. Arriving October 20th, Ieyasu set up his camp on a hill, a town known as Okayama just three miles away from Ogaki Castle. The east and western armies were separated by the Kuisegawa River. Mitsunari had watched Ieyasu's arrival, knowing his plan to use Uesugi to delay him had failed. Ishida now planned to have Ieyasu besiege Ogaki and have him waste time while more western daimyo arrived and trapped him. Ieyasu however did not move to siege Ogaki. Sakonshima and Teruzumi Akashi were by now keen to fight and requested permission to attack Ieyasu, which was granted. They led uh, 1300 men, although some sources say it was 13,000, so anywhere from 1300 men to 13,000 men, towards Akasaka. Akashi, Terezumi Akashi placed his troops in an ambush position at Kido and Ishiki villages. Sakon marched across the Kuisegawa River to draw out the Eastern Army. The plan worked perfectly. 
and troops under Kazuhira Nakamura and Toyuji Arima, along with Sukeyoshi Nagashiki, rushed to pursue Sakon only to be ambushed by Akashi's men. Nashiki was killed and Nakamura and Arima were both wounded. They were only saved by Tarakatsu Honda and his men who distracted the western troops long enough for them to retreat back up the hill. The Battle of Kuisagawa was a resounding western victory, although a small one it served to bolster morale. The Eastern Army suffered some 4,000 casualties out of the 6,000 men that had engaged, while the Western Army suffered few out of 1,300. Ishida grew impatient and wanted to draw Ieyasu into an open battle, as he did not want Ieyasu to cross Sekigahara into Oumi and from there hit Kyoto or Osaka, as this would weaken his support. So midnight, October 20th, Ishida moved 8 miles from Ogaki Castle to Sekigahara, where many western daimyo had already been camped. The plain and village of Sekigahara in Mino province was situated between a small basin in a narrow valley, sandwiched between two mountain ranges, sandwiched between two mountain ranges to the west. Ibuki and Suzuka, so the Ibuki and Suzuka Mountains. To the south was Matsuoyama, and to the southwest sat a large, lonely hill called Nanguyama, or Mount Matsuo. The Nakasendo Road passed through here, through Sekigahara, joining the Kiso Road in Omi. Here Ishida deployed his army as follows. In the center at Mount Tennam, 17,000 men, the largest unit, was under Hideokita. Yukinaga Konishi and his 4,000 men were deployed on his left. On his right uh, was Yoshitsugo Otani with uh, 600 men, all samurai, and to Otani's front were Katsushigetora and Tomohiro Hiratsuka with 1,500 men. To Otani's right was his nephew and son, Yuritsugo and Yoshikatsu, with 3,500 men, mostly Ashigaru. To their right were Nayasu Akaza, 600 men, Suketaro Okawa, 2,100 men, Matsuna Kutsugi, 600 men, and Yasuharu Wakizuka, 990 men, all under Yoshitsugu's command. Behind all of these was Hideaki Kobayakawa, camped on Mount Matsu with 15,600 men. To the far left flank at the South Soayama slope was Ishida himself. He commanded 4,000 men um, with Sakonshima and Bichu Gamo commanding um, each 1,000 men for a combined force of 6,000. To their right was the Shimasu force of 2,250 men at Koiki village. To the right of the Shimasu was um, a pond called Ikedera Pond. And to the right of that pond was Yukinaga Konishi. At the heights of Nanguyama were the Mori. Hiremoto Mori had 15,000 men on Mount Nangu. Ekeon Kokuji had 1,800 and Masei Natsuka 1,500. And parked in front of all these forces was Hirekikawa with 3,000 men, but parked behind all of them in reserve in the rear was Morichike Chosakabe with 6,600 men. So there was more than 25,000 troops on this mountain separated from the main Toyotomi forces that were to act as the anvil while these forces act as a hammer. Ishida had at least 80,000 men and he prepared for Ieyasu's arrival. Ieyasu arrived at Sekigahara 5 a.m. the next day. The Eastern Army deployed some couple hundred yards away from their enemies. Ieyasu deployed in three lines. 
each at an oblique angle from each other with smaller contingents and echelons. The first line on the left flank was Masanori Fukushima, 6,000 men. He was facing Hideokita. Nagamasa Koroda was uh, to the right of him facing Sako and Shima. In the center, from left to right were uh, Yoshimasa Tanaka, 3,000 men, Taratsu Tsui, 2,800 men, Yoshika, Yoshiaki Kato, 3,000 men, and Taraoki Hosokawa, which is 5,000 troops. The second line had uh, Takamoto Kiyogoku, 3,000 men, Takatora Toro, 2,490 men, Tarayoshi Matsudaira, 3,000 men, Naomasa E, 3,600 men, and Hirotaga Terasawa behind. The right flank of the second line ended behind the center of the first. The third line from left to right had Taraka Tuhonda with 500 men. On the other side of Small Lake uh, were Kazumasa Ikoma, 800 men, Nagachiga Kanamori, 1140 men, Nagamasu Ora, 450, and Shinkatsu Furota, 1200 men. Ieyasu sat behind his lines in reserve with 30,000 men to protect the rear from the Mori Pincer behind Ieyasu on the Nakasendo Road. In a column were Toju Oji Arima, 900 men, Katsutoyu Yamauchi, 2,058 men, Yukinagasano, 6,510 men, and Terumasa Ikira, 4,560 men. At the onset of the battle, Ieyasu had at least 75,000 troops, although both sides were closer to 100,000. But at the very least, Ishida had Ieyasu outnumbered. This was mainly due to the non-arrival of Ieyasu's son, Hidetara. Hidetara had set out through the Nakasendo Road, which passed in front of Ueda Castle property of the Sanada clan. Hidetara was advised to leave a minor force here and continue with his large army, but he decided to assault, assault the castle, no doubt in an effort to impress his father. Ueda Castle, however, had strong walls, seven watchtowers, and two gates, each with watchtowers on top. More importantly, it was ruled and commanded by Masayuki Sanada, an old general who had served Shingen Takera in many battles. Masayuki had 2,000 men, all whom were defending their home and were familiar with the mountains around the castle. Masayuki was a superb strategist and his son was a samurai who was unequaled in history in terms of bravery. His eldest son, however, Nobuyuki, had married Ieyasu's daughter, Kamatsudono, and had joined the Eastern Army. Hidetara proceeded to try and storm the castle, but his 38,000 men were repulsed time after time. It is important to remember that the West also had problems in cases like this. 15,000 men were uh, besieging Tanabe. Many had stayed with Terumoto. Terumoto had a force of like 40,000 men at Osaka. So not all of the forces in both armies were actually at Sekigahara. Before the battle commenced, Ieyasu had received pledges from many western daimyos to defect from his side, so he really wasn't worried at the beginning of the battle. With Hidetara absent, Ieyasu gave the honor of in initiating the battle to his son Tarayoshi. Tarayoshi was given Naomasa-e and his red devils as a bodyguard. He and Nagamasa at around 8am took 30 Tepo gunners and shot at some western skirmishes. This was the beginning action. This denied Masanori Fukushima the honor of attacking first at the Ichibanyari, or the first spear, as he had been promised. 
Ieyasu knew that it needed to be a Tokugawa who received the honor of, of engaging the enemy first and not a vassal of the Toyotomi like Masanori was. Many men like uh, the Kato and Fukushima believed that Ieyasu would return Hideyori to power and that it was only Ishida who was the bad player. Following the first attack, Masanori urged his men forward. They poured arrow and gunfire into Ikita's flank. Then Takatora, Toro, Kiyogoku, and Trasawa advanced and engaged Yoshitsugo Otani's men that were blocking the Nakasendo road. To Ukita's left, um, Konishi was attacked by Nagamasu Oda and Shikatsu Furuta. As the battle began to take form, Karaoke, Fusakawa, Nagamasu Kuroda, Yoshiaki Kato, Saratsugu Susui, Yoshimasa Tanaka all advanced to attack Ishida's main camp. Their units fired their temples viciously, and Sakonshima was forced to retire after being wounded. So right at the onset of the battle, they, the Western Army lost one of their best commanders. In the center, Hideo Ukita and Turusumi Akachi checked Nagamasa and Masanori's advance. They halted them and were even able to start pushing them back. E and Fukushima regrouped and attacked again. Again, they were stopped and repulsed. After this, Tarayoshi left Naomasa E and returned to his own men. On Ukita's left, Yukinaga Konishi was attacked by Hirotaka Terasawa. Konishi was slowly being pushed back by the combined force of Terasawa, Oda, and Furuta. At the center, the battle began to devolve into a melee. Many one-on-one -on -one duels where the victor would take the loser's head to collect the reward. Once the battle was known, the Skugiguru, or the head bags, were carried to carry enemy heads. Obviously, this only happened where it was permitted, as most of the battle was still very heated at this point. Now, Ishida sent a messenger to Yoshihiro Shimasu with orders to reinforce the Toyotomi line. It is unclear what happened next. Some say the messenger failed to dismount before delivering his message, which offended an old samurai like Yoshihiro. Others say Yoshihiro would not take orders from Ishida, who he regarded as a mere civil servant, not a daimyo. Whatever the case, Yoshihiro refused to commit his troops. In my belief, had Teramoto been there, at Sekigahara, the result would have been different, as he would have been respected by all. Ishida had some friends, some people liked him, like Yoshitsugo Otani, but many did not. He was not admired by most of the powerful daimyo. Yoshihiro was not alone in disregarding Ishida's orders. Many daimyo did throughout the battle. Yoshitsugo Otani, the leopard general, who wore a Humura Kantonokasa, a white monk's cow which covered his face, ordered his men to cross the river and engage Takatora Toru, Kyogoku Terasawa, and some of Oda's men. Yoshitsu's men were few, 600, but it can be argued that they were one of the most elite units on the field as they were composed of only samurai. These men cut through their eastern opponents and forced them back. Seeing this, Ishida decided to put his hammer and anvil plan into motion. His anvil was engaged and now the hammer, Kobayakawa Mori, uh, Chosakabe, and the others could fall on the Eastern Army. He signaled with flares to Hideaki Kobayakawa to advance down Mount Matsuo and hit Ieyasu's left flank which was exposed. For many minutes nothing occurred. Konishi and Otani 
and then even sent writers to urge Kobayakawa for help. You have to remember, he has 15,600 men. On the other side of the field, Ieyasu bit his nails, something he did when he was nervous. He wore a Spanish-made armor, although it's a rumor and could be false. What is true is that he wore his cowhorn helmet. Ieyasu sent a writer to Nagamasa Kuroda, who wore his father Kanbei, or Josui Kuroda's armor. The writer asked if he was certain that Hideaki he would defect, to which Nagamasa responded, your guess is as good as mine. Ieyasu lost patience, and now known incident that is probably legend, he sent a squad of Tebo gunners to fire blanks on Mount Matsuo where Hideaki was camped. Whether true or not, Hideaki did come down the hill around this time. He told his men that their target was Otani. Otani had suspected Hideaki would turn and had prepared. However, he had not expected so many to betray them at the same time. He ordered his elite unit and troops of Katsushige, Tora, and Tamahiro Hariatsuka to meet Hideaki in battle. They succeeded in halting and even repelled Hideaki's overwhelming force. Otani, however, could not have prepared for all the daimyo that pledged their defection and they all began defecting at the same time. Yasuharu Akisaka, Naoyasa Akasa, Suketara Ogawa, and Mototsua Kusuki, all which were in the oblique reserved by Otani, attacked. Even Otani's samurai could not withstand Kobayakawa, Toro, Kyogo, and now the four traitors. Yoshisugo Otani, seeing his men being rolled over, decided to commit seppuku. He was the first leader to do so. Many think this marked the fate of Sekigahara but had an event at Mount Nangu not occurred, who knows? While this occurred, a huge Western Reserve was itching to smash the Eastern Army rear guard and attack Iyasu himself, Hiromoto Mori, Ikeyakukui, Masai Natsuka, and Morochika Chosakabe could not move because of Hiroe Kikawa. Hiroe, without consulting Hiromoto or Terumoto, made the promise to keep Mori forces out of the battle. Hiremoto repeatedly ordered Kikawa to engage the Tokugawa at the time, and time after time he refused, claiming he was eating, that he was eating lunch. The long lunch of the Mori clan would cost them dearly. The opposite of what Kikawa intended, one third of the Western army was here and they did not engage in the fight because of him. Hideaki and the other traitors along with Tokugawa's troops then smashed back in the battle formation Hideo Kita and Yukinaga Kuonishi. Hide was so enraged that he mounted his horse and wanted to find Hideaki and challenge him to a duel. He was dissuaded from this and fled along with Teruzumi Akashi. Konishi also fled, while Tamehiro Hiratsuka was slain along with Katsushige Tora, who was killed in single combat by Nagataka Ura, Nagamasu's son. The western center uh, collapsed, only the Shimasu troops remained fresh and unengaged. Yoshihiro saw the situation and decided to preserve his life. He and his nephew Toyohisa led one of the greatest breakouts in military history. They broke through the Tokugawa army as most units turned their attention on them. Toyohisa led a rear guard in which Naomasa E was wounded. Only 80 of the 2,250 Shimazu made it out. Toyohisa was not among them. He had survived 
and made it to a nearby village where he decided to commit seppuku because he did not want to endanger the lives of the villagers. The forces on Mount Nangu would find out about the defeat because of the 80 Shimasu that came by them and informed them. They would all retreat back in Ishida's main camp. His men began to rout. Nishida retreated. He knew if he made it to Osaka, he could try his luck again. The battlefield left tens of thousands dead and a headhunting race ensued. Samurai and Ashigaru went lopping heads to turn in for a reward. Ieyasu's uh, next move was to take Ogaki Castle. With that, the Battle of Sekigahara itself was finished. The Eastern Army was victorious. But while Sekigahara was finishing, we have to remember that Hidetara was still engaged. Teromotomori still had 40,000 men at Osaka, so the Western Army could recover from this if Ieyasu did not act quickly, which he did. He moved to Ogaki Castle, which was defended by 13,000 men, and it would cost Ieyasu dearly if he tried to storm it. He also couldn't sit for a siege and allow Terumoto to raise an army and relieve it, leading to another battle like Sekigahara, one where he was not sure he would win. The commander of Ogaki, Nagataka Fukuhara, doubtless would have fought to the last man. However, a traitor by the name of Yurifusa Sagara opened the gates and doomed the castle. Fukuhara committed seppuku and many men were killed. Let's quickly take a look at some events that transpired around Japan at the same time as the Battle of Sekikahara. Kagekatsu Uesugi was being attacked by the Date Mogami and Maeda. His uh, Shiroshi castle was besieged while he besieged Hataya and Kaminoyama, all leading to the siege of Hasero where the Mogami were besieged and the Date came to their uh, relief. Following this inconclusive battle on November 5th, news of Sekigahara arrived and Uesugi surrendered. In Kyushu, Ginchio Tachibana and her husband fought the armies of Kiyomasakato, Kanbei Kuroda and Naoshigen Nabeshima. After advising Terumoto to hold up in Osaka Castle and continue the fight, Munashige returned to Kyushu. Here, along with Ginchio, they defended Yaganagawa after they were attacked, and she and her squadron of nuns armed with Naginatas defended Munashige's escape. The battle ended at Ieyasu's command, as he by now had won. Sekigahara. The aftermath of Sekigahara was ruthless. Ieyasu ordered the western commanders found. Mitsunari Ishida was apprehended by villagers and turned over. Even in capture, Ishida was the same condescending man whom most people hated. He was visited by a samurai whom he called an idiot, a frog in a well who could not see the ocean, when asked why he started this war. Yukinaga Kanishi was captured by Shigekaro Takenaka, aka Enkakuji was also taken prisoner. All three were taken to Kyoto where they were publicly shamed, then they were executed. Sakon Shima and Bichugamo both vanished. They were never found. Their bodies were never found. It's still a mystery. In all, 10 main western daimyo at Sekigahara were killed. 87 total daimyo of 10,000 koku or more fought for the western army. 81 were either killed or heavily punished soon after. Some escaped like Hideo Kita, Morichika Chosakabe, and Yoshikatsu Otani, the son of Yoshitsugu. Yoshikatsu would be immortalized by a man named Kojiro Sasaki, whom he would fight a duel with. 
Kojiro Sasaki is best known for being Musashi Miyamoto's nemesis. It is said 16-year-old Musashi fought for the West at Sekigahara. Hideo Kita hid in Satsuma but was found and exiled to Hachiyojima Island, the furthest Japanese island from the mainland. Akashi vanished and Ieyasu feared him so much that he even held a special hunt for Akashi where he sent out a lot of samurai to hunt for him specifically. Ieyasu would then turn his attention to the Mori, whom he would punish severely to the dismay of Hiryo Yekikawa. At this point, Teromoto was at Osaka with at least 55,000 men, enough to hold Osaka from the forces that Ieyasu had around the area. And if he tried and rally all the daimyo that escaped, he would have at least gathered a force close to 70,000 had been able to go and push Ieyasu back, but November 1st, 1600, he surrendered to not endanger his own lands, even though his forces were growing day by day as Western daimyo and samurai were flocking to Osaka. The Mori were punished. Their domains were reduced from 1.2 million koku to 369,000. Even though Ieyasu had, a, had guaranteed Kikawa this would not happen. Even worse that Terumoto killed Yokinaga Konishi to ingratiate himself to Ieyasu. So he started to betray his own daimyo to try and save his own lands. Ieyasu offered Kikawa a large amount of the domains of the Mori that he had just stripped. To spite him, Kikawa refused and had his own 145,000 koku fief stripped from him. Ieyasu took some 6.5 million koku, at least a fourth of all of the land in Japan from western daimyo. Some he left alone, like the Shimasu kept most of their domain, although reduced a little bit, they were left with 605,000 koku. The traders, however, of the Western Army, aside from Hideaki, received little to no reward, as Ieyasu did not want to reward traders. Hideaki was giving Hideo Ukita's lands 174,000 koku fief. Hideaki, however, was tormented by his actions, and in 1602, just two years after Sekigahara, it is said he went insane and he died. Most of his lands were absorbed by the neighboring Ikeda clan except the 180,000 koku that went to Taramasa Mori. Ieyasu rewarded many of his own very richly. His son Hideyasu Yuki was given Echizen province and 750,000 koku. His other son Tarayoshi Matsudaira was given Kiyosu in Awari with 510,000 koku. Nobuyoshi Tokugawa was given 250,000 koku in Itachi. Taratero Matsudaira was given 600. 20,000 koku, the other half, in Echigo. Ieyasu made sure his family was well off. He also rewarded his, the former Toyotomi vassals who had sided with him from the onset. Nagamasu Kuroda was given Chikuzen, 523,000 koku. Taraoki Hosaka was given Busan, 370,000. Yoshimasa Tanaka was given Chikoku province, uh, 320,000 koku. Yoshiaki Kato was given another 100,000 koku. Masanori Fukushima was given 498,000 koku in Hiroshima, which were taken from the Mori. Masamuridate received the Sendai domain, a new a uh, domain made for him, which had been promised to be a million koku, although in reality it was only 640,000. Uh, many others, many, many, many others received increases, although we won't go through the exhaustive list. Ieyasu, after this, turned his attention to reforming the political system. He split daimyo into fudai, inside, and tozama, outsider daimyo. 
Fudai were usually vassals of Tokugawa from before Sekigahara. 37 Fudai lords existed after Sekigahara. Most, however, were at less than 50,000 koku. By three years after Sekigahara, Ieyasu miraculously found that he was of Minamoto descent, a prerequisite to become shogun. In February 1603, Ieyasu was made shogun by the emperor. Ieyasu left Hideyori B and even married him to his granddaughter, a daughter of Hidetada. Content of his new order, he would return to Edo. Now absolute, or at least in theory, of his rule over Japan, Ieyasu focused on cementing his clan's rule. Being shogun, he now represented Japan in all aspects, even foreign meaning especially in dealing with Catholics from Spain and Portugal. Ieyasu disliked Catholics, but he made no move early on, as many of his daimyo that had fought at Segigahara were Catholic. April 1600, something peculiar had occurred. A Dutch ship landed or crashed, it is unknown, in Bungu province. 21 men survived, including one English man named William Adams. Their ship was impounded, and from it were taken 500 guns, 26 cannons, and 5,000 cannonballs and 50 quintals of gunpowder, which probably all made an appearance at Sekigahara later on. Ieyasu had the Englishman brought to him and by June 18th had met three times with Adams. Jesuit priests translated in these meetings. Williams, after this over the years, convinced Ieyasu that the Catholics always used their religion as a foothold before invading. He basically described the stories of the fall of the Aztec and Inca empires to Ieyasu. Ieyasu used Adams as an emissary with the Spanish governor of the Philippines. By 1609, Adams seemed to have gained Ieyasu's trust. And that same year, a peculiar incident occurred. A Portuguese galleon, called the Madre de Dios, entered the waters of Harunobu Arima's domain. Earlier in Macau, a Japanese ship of Harunobu's was trading. Its crew got into a fight with Portuguese sailors where many Japanese were killed. Harunobu now wanted revenge, and he sent many ships to attack the Madre de Dios. Its captain put up a strong uh, resistance, but seeing his men being impossibly outnumbered, he detonated the ship's magazine, killing over 200 Portuguese and many, many Japanese. The Spanish crown sent a protest to Ieyasu. Ieyasu was willing to resume trade, but would not punish Harunobu. Harunobu would again, in uh, 1612, come into conflict with Catholics the so-called Okamato Daihachi incident. Ieyasu would have a tenacious relationship with the West. Now let's um, return to Hideyori. Hideyori was a child when Sekigahara occurred, but year by year, Ieyasu became more worried about the young man. Although Ieyasu was shogun, Hideyori was being promoted at the imperial court at an alarming rate. In 1602, Ieyasu had married his granddaughter Senhime to Hideyori, making Hideyoshi Hidetada's brother-in-law and his own son-in-law. Ieyasu even gave him a 650,000 koku fief of three provinces, Setsu, Kanuchi, and Izumi. In 1605, Ieyasu stepped down, now 63 year old, and Hidetada was made shogun. Though Ieyasu would be the true power in Japan until his death, Ieyasu did this to make sure that Hidetada's ascension could be protected. 
for if he died and Hideyori lived, Hidetada might have lost enough support for Hideyori to take over, as Hidetada was not very well liked. Hidetada's inauguration was a display of overwhelming military power to remind the emperor who really ruled. 100,000 soldiers marched into Kyoto with Hidetada. Here the emperor made him shogun. The years passed and many of Hideyoshi's old vassals died young or mysteriously. Nagamasa Asano in 1611 to Toshinaga Maeda in 1614. It is rumored that Ieyasu had a pen poisoning many old Toyotomi allies, including Kiyomasa Kato and many others. Although it has not been proven, these deaths were a relief to the Tokugawa. By 1611, Hideyori had reached the age of 18 and was renowned as an intellect and capable. Ieyasu himself was impressed when he met the young man. This occurred at a meeting in Niyo Palace. Here, Ieyasu realized that Katsumoto Katagiri's reports of Hideyori being a fool had been a trick. Ieyasu now knew that he needed to destroy Hideyori and moved to act quickly. He could not die before the Toyotomi fell. Ieyasu began to look for Hideyori's supporters and moved to crush them, usually financially. At Osaka, a man named Harunaga Ono wanted Hideyori to take the field. He and Katsumoto got into it and Ono tried to have him killed. Katsumoto would leave Osaka. Now Harunaga Ono was able to convince the Toyotomi that they needed to arm themselves. Osaka soon became a war camp and many samurai, daimyo and ronin, gathered. Hideyori himself sent letters to the daimyo to urge them to help his cause. Not Mori, Shimasu, or any other major daimyo responded as they all had hostages by now in Edo. Hideyori let his plan slip when he sent a letter to Toshitsune Maeda who quickly showed it to Ieyasu. Hideyori was by now not yet ready and Ieyasu needed to act quickly. He mobilized his armies. By November 23, 1614, Ieyasu was in Kyoto, and by December 3rd, he had anywhere from 180 to 200,000 men at Fushimi ready to attack Osaka. Hello everyone, this is Liam from the Sengoku Jidai Podcast, part of the duo of Daimyo that make sure that you receive your Sengoku Jidai content. If you would like to help us out any way you could, please subscribe to our Patreon, there you'll have early access to new episodes and other things that we want to have eventually in the future. Thank you.